This is Science Friday. I'm Ira Plato. And now it's time to check in on the state of science. This is KERA St. Louis Public Radio Iowa Public Radio News. Local science stories of national significance. Superfund sites are the most polluted locations in the country. Actually, they're abandoned industrial waste sites contaminated from hazardous materials. New Jersey has the most Superfund sites in the U.S. I'm talking a whopping 114. A podcast from NJ Spotlight News, a division of New Jersey PBS, investigates what's going on at those sites and how climate change is expected to impact the people who live nearby. Joining me now is my guest, Jordan Gosporé, creator and host of the Hazard NJ podcast, joining me from New York. Welcome to Science Friday. Thanks for having me, Ira. And yeah, joining from New York, not New Jersey, unfortunately. But I will be there tomorrow. So Okay. okay. <laughs> Let, let's talk about uh, what we're focusing on today. Back to New Jersey, Ringwood, New Jersey, which I understand gets a whole episode of the Hazard NJ podcast. Tell me why. Tell me a bit about the history of Ringwood and the indigenous people who live there. It does get a whole episode. It's actually our longest episode so far. And that's because of the decades long struggle between an indigenous group of people and Ford Motor Company. It's this sort of David and Goliath struggle and has been like one of the most fascinating episodes I've worked on so far with this show. So one of the reasons Ringwood is so fascinating to me is it's an abandoned mine, a former mining district. It was one of the first Superfund sites to be put on the national priorities list. It is also the only Superfund site ever to be put back on the Superfund list. Wow. So it was put on it, taken off, said it was clean, and then put back on the list because turns out it was not clean. <laughs> wow, that's some reputation to have. Exactly. Yes. And I mean, there's a long history, like I said, with Ford Motor Company churning the mines once the mines were abandoned, um, turning the mines into this toxic waste dump in the 60s and 70s. I mean, they polluted uh, astronomically to the site. I mean, we're still feeling the effects today, the people there um, in the borough of Ringwood. Um, these toxins impacted not only the land, but the groundwater in this community. And it continues to this day to threaten the health of the people that live nearby. And the people that live nearby are mainly members of a sect of the Ramapo Muncie Lenape Nation called the Turtle Clan. And then the Ford Motor Company came to town. Exactly. So when I mentioned Ford Motor Company, how they they dumped a lot of toxins, we're specifically talking here about thousands of tons of what is called paint sludge and other waste too. Um, it came from the company's assembly plant in a nearby town. So they dumped all of this waste into the abandoned mines that are scattered throughout the Turtle Clan's homeland. Wow. So it became a Superfund site when? Back in the 80s? It did. Yeah. So the Superfund program was established in 1980. And this site was officially put on the list in 1983. But in 1984 is when they started doing um, the cleanup work. And like I said, that cleanup work, as I'll, I'll speak to later on in the episode, um, did not work out very well. You talked about how the paint sludge was left behind by Ford. Give us an idea of how toxic paint sludge is. What, what is it? Yeah. So toxic paint sludge came specifically from the Ford Motor Company's plant, like I said, that was nearby. And 
when they were spraying the cars with the paint, there was residuals. So the droplets that would collect on the ground and in the drains beneath the cars on the assembly line. So they would scoop up that residual sludge from the paint and take it off and dump it in the abandoned mines. So it's a mixture of a lot of toxic chemicals, including lead and arsenic. And one of the most, uh, I think, fascinating things that I learned about paint sludge was it looks just like a normal rock when it hardens, that these toxins come together and it looks just like a normal rock. However, if you break it open, it smells like fingernail polish because of the acetone inside the rock. And sometimes people have told us that sometimes when you crack it open, it's still wet. Oh, my goodness. Wayne Mann, he's a Ramapo community leader who actually grew up in Upper Ringwood. And he also grew up playing with the paint sludge as a kid. He, he remembers playing with the paint sludge and not knowing exactly what it was. The one yard where they, they came, a kid was sitting, banging on something, playing with his trucks. Well, what he was banging on was a giant piece of sludge, lead. Another yard, kids were out swinging on a swing set. All around that yard and swing set was all protruding through the ground, chunks of lead. It's all forwards. Well, that was supposed to have been all cleaned up. So kids were playing amongst all this stuff, not realizing that it wasn't just normal rocks. Um, there are reports of people actually breaking open the rocks and using what was inside to paint their faces when they were playing games as kids. Wow. And, and then the EPA delists the site in 1994, but it's really a shoddy cleanup, right? You said it went in and then went out, went in, went out. Exactly. I mean, it only took for 11 years to clean up the site. And when you look at the history of the Superfund program, that is an extremely fast cleanup. Most sites take decades upon decades. Some sites aren't even cleaned up to this day, obviously. So 11 years was nothing. They cleaned it up very quickly, said we're done. And then the community members kept finding paint sludge and people continued to get sick. And they put enough pressure on the EPA for them to come back and realize, yeah, maybe Ford didn't clean it up very well, and we have to go back and, and spend more money and clean the site up. And cleanup still continues to this day. Amazing. So what have been the health effects in the community from all this paint sludge? Yeah, so many of the people you know that we spoke with, like I said, that you know saying the contamination from the paint sludge has made them sick. I mean, there's been cases of skin rashes. I mean, we're not just talking about a skin rash that comes and goes, but severe skin rashes that stay um, for years and have long-term effects and scarring. You have severe headaches, bleeding from the eyes, nose, and throat. But really, the kicker is various cancers. So I mentioned in the episode that so many people have cancer in this community that locals call a particular street, which is named Van Dunk Lane officially, they call it Cancer Row because nearly every household on Van Dunk Lane has been touched in some way by cancer. No kidding. However, I will I will mention here, too, that so far there has been no direct link between the diseases I mentioned and the paint sludge. So there's been nothing scientifically proven that the paint sludge has caused any of, of these diseases. All right. So you have this cleanup site and now we have climate change coming through. Right. Yes. What could what could go wrong here? What could go wrong? A lot of things could go wrong. The most minor effect of it are sinkholes. And there have been reports of sinkholes literally appearing in people's backyards. They go outside doing some work, go back inside to get a tool, come back out. And there is a sinkhole because the land sits above abandoned mine shafts. And we don't know exactly how many abandoned mine shafts are in this area. Um, we don't have maps that point us to 
to these exact locations. So you got sinkholes, but that, like I said, is like the least of our concerns when we're talking about climate change. We have more prevalent and intense forest fires, which means that some of these dangerous toxins could be released in the air. We also have um, drought that's going to make these health problems worse. You have rainstorms that are going to be more intense and more frequent. So when that heavy rainfall comes down, you have the water rushing through the old mines in the fault lines and cracks in the rock. If that happens, the water could flush contaminated groundwater into nearby streams and rivers. I mean, those bodies of water are already polluted. So you have a lot of climate impacts potentially happening in this area that's already been hit hard with disease. Mm -hmm. And then there was a class action suit brought against the Ford Motor Company, right? There was, yes. HBO even made a documentary about the class action lawsuit. Um, Wayne Mann was the, the name of the plaintiff in the case, which is called Mann v. Ford, also the name of the HBO documentary. And in this case, I'd say roughly 600 of the residents in Upper Ringwood sued Ford Motor Company um, and other defendants, including the borough of Ringwood. And what they were looking for were collecting damages for the impact of all of that paint sludge dumping. So property damage and personal injury. And they did, I would say, they had some success with this lawsuit. The the Greenwood residents that sued, um, they got about $11 million in total. However, when you start breaking that $11 million down for the families involved, we're looking at maybe each family member receiving about $8,000 each. Wow. So it's not a lot of money. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, is, is the Ramapo tribe still asking for for something else? Are they, are they happy or what, what would they like to happen? Yeah. So some folks would like to be completely removed, permanently removed from this land and move to another location to start new. Um, other folks just want this site to be cleaned up once and for all and be able to stay on the land that, that they know and where they were raised. So there's sort of a split in opinion for, for some folks that live on the land. So I imagine you'll be following this story as it continues. Yes, and I imagine it will continue for uh, a number of years. 2024 is the expected date for the the second cleanup to be complete. Um, So we'll see. Okay, and we'll have you back to talk about it then. Okay, Jordan? That would be great. Jordan Gospore, creator and host of the Hazard NJ podcast, joining me from New York City. And more episodes of the Hazard NJ podcast will come out this fall.